So you, well, good morning, afternoon, or evening, or whatever time it is that you're going to be listening to this. This is John and Jeff again. This is the other side of the cross. Uh, last time we were together, we uh, kind of worked out a second First Timothy where it talks about the things that have crept into the church and, and all the, the, not necessarily lies and hypocrisy, but the, the, how we've strayed away from uh, the Gospel. And that's what Paul was kind of warning Timothy about, was to look out for, for basically wolves in sheep clothing coming in with some other kind of doctrine or, or, or Gospel or things like that. Uh, yeah, First uh, Timothy chapter four is where we bounced off of last time. It says uh, talks about the Spirit expressly saying that in latter times some will d- depart from the faith, and we see that a lot today, and we see it especially in this time of pandemic that we're going through. Uh, but before we really get in deep, I just wanted to give you kind of a brief uh, bump back on the overview. Before we get in deep, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for this time that we have together. And I just ask that at this point in time that you take I and Jeff and you use us and you use our our mouths and the word of our lips and the thoughts that come in our brain and you just take over this conversation that we're going to have. And hopefully, Lord, that, that you'll use it to go out and touch somebody's life and, and open their eyes to things and make them get your word out and begin to study and see what the book says. Not only see what it says, but see what it doesn't say. Uh, because man, uh, as you know, has taken your word and twisted it mm-hmm. to say things that you've never said and, and made it appear like uh, that, that it's been the truth. And Lord, we know your word is true because your truth. You cannot lie. Father, so I thank you right now for that fact. And I ask you to, to take the words of my lips and take over my speech and, and speak through us. And these things I ask in your name. Amen. 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 <laughs> uh, I began to kind of look at that. And if you want to look at Romans, uh, but you just see where we're going to be. Romans uh, chapter 1. We're going to be in Romans for two, two steps. But Romans chapter 1, and I was looking at verse 25. And it kind of bounces off of what uh, Paul was writing in Timothy. But of course, you know Paul wrote Romans 2. But it, it, let me back up to 24. Romans 1, chapter 1, verse 24. It says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. What, what's going on now is... I don't know, if, Jeff, if you see this or not, but do you see how people are taking words and changing the meaning of the word from what God's oh. word has said? I got a list. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Uh, uh, one of the one of my biggest pet peeves is pride. People throw out the word pride like it's like nothing. They go, "Well, I don't mean it in an ungodly sense," and I and I go, but. When you look at the Bible, it says pride goes in the way of destruction and Satan fell because of pride. And there's nowhere in the Bible that says you should be proud, of, you should have pride. Um, because pride, pride is that, it, it's, it's the crack in the armor that opens it up. 
you know, I, I locked my keys in my truck one day, and, and this guy brought this little bitty wedge, and, and he started with the small end, and he put it in my door, and he, he kind of tapped it in there, and then he put a bag in there and blew it up and so he could get in there and unlock my door. Those little words that we change, that's the point of that, that's the point of that wedge that starts driving into where into in between the cracks in, in our armor that and pride's probably my biggest one. Another one I have that, that people don't is when somebody calls the pulpit a stage. Is not a stage. A stage is a look it up in the dictionary. A stage is as a arising above others for entertainment. A pulpit is a rising above others <laughs> To deliver God's message, and there's a difference. There's a difference between speaking and preaching, and between praise and worship, and and, and just singing songs. Even when you go to the point of saying podium, now a podium is still a raised surface where people speak from, yes. right? But however, it's not a place that is designated in a sanctuary, which is what the auditorium of the church mm-hmm. is. It's a sanctuary. Why is it called a sanctuary? That's because it's where all of the people can come in and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's a sanctuary. Sanctuary. It's sanctuary. Yes. It's, it's a, a butter, there's a butterfly sanctuary not far from my house. And I go Been to there. it. It's, it's a, and it's nice because the butterflies can live there peacefully and without any kind of predator. And so... That's what a sanctuary is. But yes, so John, I've got a list of, of names that, that people have pulled out of the... Uh, a lot of them have pulled out of the Scripture, but they change the words so that they, that mean the same thing. Yeah. And, they're try, and, and when you start doing that, what happens when you start dropping off the smallest stuff is the next thing up is... You know, like take, take, take criminals... You know, they go, oh, we don't need to, we don't need to put people in jail for the small things. For we can let the low-level drug dealers go. Right. He but, just, he just sold a half ounce to, you know. Okay. okay. So now the next guy becomes the lowest. Right. You know, and so you understand that over time, over time you become callous to that. Yeah. Um, ba- Bailey has seizures, and and um, she had a seizure uh, a week ago. Oh, today. Boy, you brought up a good seizure. And. I, and I took the time to video it so I could show the doctor because I was going to the doctor last week. Yeah. And I told the, the, well, the nurse practitioner came in and I showed it to her. I said, I know this sounds terrible, but I've become callous to portions of it. I, it breaks my heart and all that, but I can stop and think instead of being in a panic mode. Because and that's and that's the same way with these changing these words. John, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off. No, I'll no, you, no, you but, are absolutely but, on it. But we take when you you're when it. you're doing this, I was going. People have done that with everything. Everything. And, everything. And so now the things that used to be bad are not bad anymore in their minds, even though it's against God. Yeah. Well, it, it, when when you go back, when you when you start with that, and when you begin to talk about that, then what do you do from that point? Is you go back to the garden where the original sin mm-hmm. was 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 happened, and what were the three things that Satan used against Eve, who was the weaker vessel, not the lesser, but the weaker? The three things he used her against her were the lust of the flesh, mm-hmm. lust of the eye, mm-hmm. and pride of life. Now, how can you say that? lust of the flesh it appealed 
to the senses of her body. Yep. Lust of the eye. What did he say? Look at it. It looks pretty, don't mm-hmm. it? Well, yes, it does. Well, it's just like the flashing lights of the world out here, right? Mm-hmm. All right. If you got two convenience stores sitting next to each other, and you got one that's well lit and it's got running lights, running the windows, and flashing lights out here, and a big arrow pointing in, and you got one that's sitting there with two, three hundred, uh, hundred fifty watt bulbs inside, which store are you more likely to go in? The brighter lit the up. The brighter, store. even though the one with the small lights has got the best merchandise, right? Mm-hmm. You're still going in this other one. Why? Because of the attraction to it. Lust of the flesh, lust of the. What was the third one? Pride of life. Mm-hmm. What did he tell her? You'll be as a God. You'll be as God. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Three simple things. And they're just as prevalent now, if not more so, as they were back then. Mm-hmm. It's the same tactics. That's the same thing that's, that's being done with words. And what got me started on all of this was I heard this dude was talking about this word perish. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Perish. That's where we go from that. That's why. That's why it got me started in this whole train of thought about how think how the word God's word has been changed in churches today. That we accept sin now. Why? Because if we don't, we're not tolerant. That's right. I spit on the table, didn't? I? That's all right. <laughs> um, but but the word perish. This guy was talking about this word perish. In, in everything that we have ever been brought up to think in any kind of religion or Christianity or so-called Christianity, anything like that, is when you die without Christ, you go to hell. Yes. That's what we were taught. This guy was saying that when you die, you perish. That God throws you into hell and when... He, uh, we've been taught that once you get to hell, you're going to be there in torment forever, Right? Mm-hmm. Right? That's what we've been talking He was saying that when you die and He throws you into the lake of fire that you perish. And the way He was using the word perish is you cease to exist. So what's the difference Completely. between lake of fire and hell? It's the same place. Then why do they call it hell and lake of fire? Because hell is fire. Now, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I, 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 had, I had one off on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. And see, that's, that's another point. That's another point right there that we brought up of how we have things that have been taught to us that we've just accepted, not investigated. Yeah. And see, I had I never thought about that. I, I, I have read, you know, in Scripture, in, in, especially in the four Gospels, where uh, you talk about Hades and Gehenna mm-hmm. and hell and you know and all along that line and each one of them has, has has its own meaning. But this word perish is what brought all this up. So I, I, I begin to look this up. Now I want y'all dude said this this morning and it just I mean it was like wow now that's good stuff. All right. What he said was bread will not help you till you eat it. And that's the problem we have. That's exactly right. People have put bread on the table for us, and all we do when we come to church and have a religious service is we just sit there and look at it. Right? Mm-hmm. Jeff, you don't think it happens here, do you? All the time, brother. Every, all right. Look, what we're doing right now is Jeff and I are eating bread. Yes. We're starting to eat bread. 
Bread will not help you till you eat it. This is why this word pears come out. All right, I looked it up in, in uh, uh, I, I, I got a thesaurus out. I, I looked it up in the dictionary. All right, perish in the dictionary. This is uh, Webster's. It says to die, to wither and decay, to come to nothing, to be destroyed. All right, the thesaurus put some extra words in there with it. It said to perish is to die, it's death, it's decease, it's demise, it's dissolution, it's depart. I wonder where they come up with all the D's from. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> departure. It's rest, it's loss, it's bereavement, it's end, it's cessation, it's extinction, and there's a death rattle that goes with it. All right, this word perish in the Old Testament and the New Testament together, out of Strong's Concordance, is listed 115 times. Really? 115 times. I never times. would have guessed that. I mean, I can think of several times it's listed, but... I never would have realized that 115 times. What about bread? Bread will not help you if you don't eat it. Well, you've got to find out how many times this word's in there, right? That's right. And this is kind of a word study, but it's really not. But it, it, I'm doing this to make a point. Uh, I looked it up to Strong's, and in the Greek dictionary, the, the number is 622. When you look at that word 622 in the Greek, in the Greek dictionary in Strong's, does it say that? Yes, but it, yet it, it links it to other things. It says, yes, you perish. But it's speaking of perishing in a physical sense. What the word perish is used in John 3.16 is God says, what does it say? Thou shalt not perish. That's if you receive Christ. If you realize what Christ has done for us. But yet if you don't, you will perish. You, this guy was talking about when your physical thing goes, then your soul, it, your soul is consumed. It ceases yeah. to exist. When it's thrown into the light, into, into hell, when it hits the fire, your soul is consumed and ceases to exist. Now that's not what we've been taught. See, in Revelation twenty fourteen, it says, "Then death and Hades, or hell, were cast into the lake of fire." This is the second death. Second death. Second death. Now, now when you die, and your spirit soul still alive, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, is it waiting to perish? According, this is what I've always believed based on my, my knowledge of studying and all that. And based on scripture like this right here, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish. And then we got Romans 6.23 that says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And... So that death is a, and then you look at this one where it says death and hell are are cast into the lake of fire. And I've always looked at we're all going to die one time because mm -hmm. it says in the Bible we're uh, it's appointed unto man, man once, once to, die. to die, and after this judgment. Yes, so we're all going to die. And I know there's people out there that have studied their Bible that says, oh, what about Elijah and Enoch? And I go, okay, they haven't died, but you know there's going to be two witnesses during tribulation. I'm wondering if those two witnesses are not uh, uh, Elijah and 
and Enoch that are going to come back and witness, and then they're going to die the martyr's death. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that, because it's appointed unto man wants to die. Death. And nobody, nobody has ever gone to heaven without dying. And except Enoch and Elijah, Jesus died on the cross when he went back to heaven. I mean, and so everybody's died a physical death. And that second death, the perishing, is the soul dying. Or the the death, the second death. Now, the spirit and the soul being separated, separated, and in separation from God. Now, does that is that everlasting, uh, in in eternal um, damnation for all eternity? Um, That's what I've always been taught. taught. Yeah. Um, And then you come along and go, well, perishing is actually the soul ceases to exist. Now, this is just me. And I, I, I don't know, when I look at those people that I know that are nice, good people, morally wonderful, speaking. Wonderful people. But they're going to burn in hell because of their choice to, to reject Christ. Because they reject Christ as their Savior. And I can name several people in my life that are that way. That I've, I've witnessed to, and they've said no, and it breaks my heart that they're going to be in hell. And so, to be totally honest with you, for them to cease to exist would be better than living in torment for eternity. Yes, it would. In my mind, it would. However, is that is that what's going to happen? Well, in in, in what we've been taught, and we've just kind of accepted it. We we sat there and let the bread sit on the table and watched it, right? Why? Mm-hmm. Because that's what was put out. To. Yeah. We didn't eat of the bread. And this is what we're trying to do right now is when you look at John 3, 18, mm-hmm. what does it say? You see, we read, we don't, we don't, there's not another verse in John after John, before or after John 3, 16, is so, there? So John, John 3, 17 don't exist either. I know. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, it, John, I, John 3, 18 tells us there's two kinds of people. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, what does he already refer back to? It refers back to the garden, Mm -hmm. to where Adam was thrown out Mm -hmm. before he was clothed. Yes. God clothed him by grace with his skins. Mm -hmm. Yes. He gave them a covering. Yes. Before Adam got received the covering, before the covering was put on, notice put on him by God. And and just a real quick chase a small rabbit, but it's very worth worth it. That the animal had to die. Right. To cover Adam and Eve. Right. And that and that's symbolic for the, the blood has to be shed to cover our sins. Right. And what were they before that? Naked. They were uncovered. Yeah, they were uncovered because they were not full of sin. So I, right. I just want to chase that rabbit that, for just a second. That's, it's very pertinent to what we're talking about right here. It, and it's, this all goes back to changing words and trying to make things, you know, say something that they didn't say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he that believeth is not condemned. When when you have been judged, you're either judged as guilty or innocent. Right. They were judged as guilty, mm-hmm. condemned. Mm-hmm. 
condemned to have to pay the penalty for what they've done, right? Right. Until they were clothed right. by God. At that point, they had been judged, mm-hmm. but uncondemned. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the blood was shed and they were covered by that that, that indication, that signal, that significance right. of being blood. So therefore, there were two types of people. Adam and Eve were two types of people. Yes. They were condemned and they were uncondemned. Yes. He that believeth is he that he, he that believeth is not, not condemned, and he that doesn't believe he is that believeth not already. is condemned already. Yes, we got plenty of time. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. That right there is the indication when you drag that forward to John three eighteen mm-hmm. about con- condemnation and non condemnation. All right. Then you drag that forward to this word perish. If you don't believe, you're going to perish. Right. That's it. Bottom line. Yes. But does that mean your soul lives on? That's a good question. (laughs) According to this guy, your soul doesn't live on. Once it perishes, once it hits that fire, it's just like you throwing flash paper in a fire. (laughs) So... Here's, so you're still the what we've been taught is you're having to pay for your sins forever on your own out of your own effort and you can't do it why because you have to eternally suffer for what you didn't accept mm-hmm. you know the, which was the forgiveness that's in the blood of Christ and I can sit here and argue both ways I can too because see here's the thing without an eternal Savior Jesus Christ your sins can't be forgiven and so when they're forgiven Though the sin that is committed is eternal, it's been covered by the blood of Jesus, so you're going to live in, in heaven for eternity. However, uh, if he do, you don't receive Jesus, then your sins are still eternal because yep. it happened. It happened. You, you no, said, there's no the, way you can do what Yes. Right. And you write it down. I it, mean, and you got to pay for it. A million years from now, whether the world's still here or not, a million years from now, World War Two happened. It happened. <laughs> you know, it happened. The, the, you know, it, it happened. There's, you can't unhappen it. <laughs> you can't unring the bell, so to speak. So, therefore, I could argue that because your sin is eternal, then you have to you have to to suffer that eternal damnation. Because somebody's got to pay for your sins. Because your sins have never been paid right. for, you have to suffer the consequences. Of your of your sin against God, and Jesus was eternal that came down to cover those sins. And if you receive Him, then you receive the you receive the truth which sets you free from living that life of, of eternity in hell, suffering. I could argue, but I could argue it that way that you, that that's why you would, your soul would live on forever. Maybe that's why this guy's arguing it like that. He's arguing one side and we're seeing another. Yeah. Now the other side would be that you're going to live until you're judged. And when you're judged, then the wages of sin is death. And that's the second death. Yeah. Which yeah. means that you, you don't live eternally from now on. But here's the thing. Which, which is worse? To live in eternity without God? Or to cease to exist at all. Well, maybe that's where these people that 
that don't believe in judgment or don't believe in anything or call themselves atheists, that's what they think, that you, you just, just exist, exist and you just cease to exist. I had an atheist tell me one time, he said, I said, what, do you, what happens when you die? He goes, they bury you in the ground and your body decays and maggots eat you. That's what he told me. Then what's the purpose of you being alive to start with? Yes. But he, so he after that, not long after, I used to talk to him all the time about Christ and finally, not because of me, but because um, of many people doing what I did and witnessing to him and, and God not leaving him alone, um, he received Christ. Wonderful. Um, so. Well, that, you know, it still goes back to, to, to us, us as humans, and I'm not saying Jeff and I, but us as humans playing with words like this. Yes. It, it goes back to us not realizing that God is the one that issues the call. Mm-hmm. It, it goes back to us then trying to come in and use our methods and our ideas and our thoughts and change God's Word into what we want it to say to fit our lives. Yes. And to, to adapt us to go out and try to get other people to believe the way we do. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily believe in the Word of God. That's right. There, there are more people that believe a certain way based on the way they believe than, than based on Scripture. Which goes completely right back to what, I, to what that dude said this morning about the statement. Bread will not help you till you eat it. That's right. There's so many times, and Jeff and I are going deep in some of these things and opening up a lot of doors and a lot of avenues, but this is, the, this is what he and I do. We get together and we do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want you to do it too. Most people don't want to do it because they don't want to put forth the effort. Mm-hmm. They're lazy. Well, and people have it in their mind that they know what they believe. And I think if they read the, the Bible, they fear that they may be wrong in some aspects. And, and then, That's exactly And then right. they know what they believe, so why do they have to read the Bible anyway? That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. they, they want to follow the movement and the doctrine and everything else of the church that they're involved in at that particular time and get this own little shell built up, their mm-hmm. own little world that they can deal with on their own, and in their own mind. People have this, see, people have this way about believing things. And, and like the, the two biggest thing, questions that are ever asked me, as a pastor, people come up and ask. They don't. People don't come up and go. How do I know how to get to heaven? Uh, people don't come up to me and go. How do I receive Jesus as my Savior? You know the two biggest questions that I get as a pastor. What's that? As a Baptist preacher, the first, the the most asked question is: Are women supposed to obey everything their husband says? Oh. And <laughs> and I look at them and go, that's not an easy answer. That's and if right. you'll pull up your chair in a couple of hours, you'll have my answer. That's right. Because so many people take that out of context, just like we're talking That's about right. today. We're they take about... it out of context and not the way God intended it at all. And we're not going to get into that deep discussion because we don't need two or three, me and you together, oh. make it about a six-hour discussion. But it takes seriously for me to explain it because I'd have to use Scripture to show them what God intended. And But the other biggest question that I, that I have... Um, um, is if if somebody doesn't hear the gospel, and you believe this in the other side of the world, in the, in the middle of the rainforest, if they didn't, would they go to heaven or hell? And I said, 
if you have to believe in Jesus to receive Jesus as your Savior, you have to know. I said, if they don't know God and they have their other gods, then they are going to hell. They go, but they don't know. And I go, that's because you hadn't gone over there and told them. Oh, that's good. But here's the thing, and it gets back to what I'm saying, what you're, what exactly what you're talking about. People have made up their mind about what is right and wrong in Scripture, John, yeah. and what their belief is, and they don't want to eat the bread because in their mind, they've already decided what's going on. And Well, if you follow the predestination movement, mm-hmm. then you're not supposed to evangelize because the people that are going to go to heaven are going to hear the gospel anyway, whether you tell them or not. This they're is... going to hear it. Why? Because they're predestinated. Mm-hmm. They're elect. They have been chosen. Yes. So, you know, anyway. Uh, we could get this discussion going for about another 30 minutes, John. But, but we're running out of time right we're now. We're trying. <laughs> We're trying to keep this down to what people will actually listen to, and 30 minutes is about it. So, well, just just to kind of bump you on the next uh, next go around, we're going to talk about movements and church and things like that, and it's still going to be going on on this this same theme of how we've been deceived and we don't want to eat the bread. We want somebody to put it on the mm-hmm. table, and we want to sit there and look at it. Mm-hmm. We got to eat the bread. We got to open this book up. We got to read this book. We've got to understand it. Yeah. People say they're hungry for the word, but they not. start feeding it to them. Yeah. Look, there was a girl one time said, I'm starving. And a guy goes and gets a pack of crackers and hands it to her. She goes, I don't like this kind of cracker. And, and uh, he looked at it and looked over at me and said, she's not starving. She's just a little bit hungry. If she's starving, she'd eat every cracker in that pack and, took, and dump the crumbs in her, in her mouth. And, I, and, and a lot of people say they're hungry for the word. They're starving for the word. But they're really not. They're satisfied with who they are because they've already changed everything to fit their lifestyle instead of changing their lifestyle to fit the Word. That's right. Well, if, it, if you'd like, you can, you can kind of close this session out in prayer. Next time we're going to talk about how many ways there are to God too. How many ways? I can't wait. <laughs> All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, thank You so much for this beautiful day You've given us. Father, we ask You to be with each one that listens to this podcast, Lord, that during this podcast that they would receive, uh, Lord, Your your instruction and Your Word, and that, Father, they'll they'll uh, surrender their life to You, and, and, and Lord, that they'll seek the truth and, and not, not the worldly lies. Father, that we'll all change and eat the bread, Father. Eat the bread that brings us closer to you. Father, we give you praise for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we ask you to continue to bless us and bless and guide us to the direction you have us to go. In Jesus' name, amen.